Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. Hello, everyone. Today is episode 54, and as usual, I am super excited. Listen, if today is your first time that you're finding yourself here at Testimonies with Tiffany, I want to welcome you, and I want to say that it is no coincidence that you have found yourself here, that I believe God has a divine appointment for you today. I am so glad you're here. I want to tell you also that you are in for a treat. I believe I'm in for a treat. Uh, I'm excited about my guest today. There is a deep, when I, was, when I was preparing for this this morning, I was sitting before the Lord and I heard the Lord say that there is a deep well within the woman that, is, that you're about to hear. And uh, we're about to, we, we get the honor and the privilege to tap into this well as she shares her testimony with us. And I am excited. I can also tell you that this woman is burning with fire for Jesus Christ. And now more than ever, this is a posture that we must have. We must be burning with affection and love for Jesus Christ. And so I'm confident that if you're listening right now, you are going to be touched by the spirit of God through her story. My guest today is at Grace Community Church. She is also the owner of Glitz and Glam Boutique, founder of Fuse Women in Ministry, and Gen Z Rally. She is a mother of two boys, 21 and 18. She has been married for 24 years and counting. She loves to read and spend time with her family. I am so honored, excited. Um, I don't even know all the words. Uh, just excited. I am elated um, to introduce to y'all a beautiful woman who is full of fire in the Holy Ghost, a woman of the Lord, Miss Misty Mott. Hello, Miss Misty. Hello, Tiffany. Goodness, that was uh, quite the introduction. <laughs> I hope I can live up to it. No pressure, right? No pressure. But, you know, I wanted you to know that when I was sitting with the Lord, I heard him say, there's deep, and I know that you've, you, I've, I believe that this resonates with you, but there's a deep well within you. And the Lord said that he was going to allow us to tap into that as you just share from this place, this history with God. And uh, I, I'm just so excited to, to hear your story and what, and the, and the journey that you've had with Jesus. Wow. Praise God. Um, let me just start too by saying, I am so sorry for my voice. <laughs> um, we had a Gen Z rally this last weekend and apparently I screamed a little too much. So <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, but it is my, it's my honor, uh, to join you. I, j I thank you for the opportunity. Um, I, I love Jesus immensely, <laughs> immensely. Um, you want to get my juices flowing is anytime we talk about him. Um, but as I was just praying about this time with you, 
you know, I really just was asking the Lord, okay, what, you know, what, what do you want to say to some people out there? And just to start, I feel like he just impressed on my heart, Philippians 1, 6, about the one that began the good work in you, that he is so incredibly faithful. And I, let me tell you this, I will get emotional. Okay. Just, it's just me. So, um, but the word of God says that he that began the good work in us, he's so incredibly faithful to complete it. Um, and in the Passion Translation, it says that I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you is faithfully continuing the process of maturing you. Wow. And so I just, you know, I really, I don't know where this conversation will go, but I just wanted to start with that because, you know, sometimes when we listen to, to different people, we get this mindset, well, I could, you know, I could never be that on fire or I could never be that in love with Jesus. You know, I'm just not like that. And I just, I just want to put it out there. Jesus, he is so into the process of making you who you were created to be. And who I am today is only by the grace and the mercy of God. And he has brought me through such a process. Um, I was, I used to not be like this at all. (laughs) Not this in love, not this on fire. So I just want to encourage people out there. Just hang on. If, you know, I know we can get impatient with the timeline with God and, and what he's doing in our own lives. Um, but if we'll stay faithful to him, if we'll stay humble before him, broken, bowed down before him, yielded to him, he will continue that process um, of just creating us into this glorious work of art. You know, Ephesians says, too, that we're his masterpiece. Like, I'm his I'm his poetry. You're his poetry. You're his song. And so it just it takes time, you know. So I just want to start by encouraging people with that. <laughs> So good. Well, yeah, we're off to a good start. So oh, well, I, I, just, I want to tell our listeners to buckle up, Buttercups. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. So you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, what you know about me, but I, I'm fifth generation Pentecostal. Wow. And so it, you know, it's in my genes, it's in my DNA. Um, you know, raised in church. But um, had a whole lot of church hurt. If you're if you're in church five minutes, you're gonna get hurt, people. <laughs> but uh, you just have to love Jesus honestly more than you do uh, some church people. But a um, lot of church hurt, which opened the door to just unforgiveness. Which unforgiveness always opens the door to all of its friends, you know. Mm-hmm. So it opened the door in my life to you know things like depression and. Uh, just a roller coaster ride of a of a Christian walk, uh, a severe eating disorder, um, j- just a cycle of just defeat, basically. Um, still going to church all the time, um, still trying to help my parents minister, but just no joy, no peace, no life, honestly. Um, and then in 2008, I had an encounter with God. Um, my marriage was falling apart. I had two young kids um, that I, I was pretty certain at that point I was going to um, leave my husband and just try to start over. Um, 
But God, I'm telling you, God got into my life in 2008. I went to this conference and God met me in an unprecedented, supernatural way. Um, so what I'm about to say, I don't know what your listeners are going to think about me after this point, but <laughs> I have to just be honest. Um, I went up front to get prayed for. And before the guest minister even laid hands on me, the power of God hit me. And I literally flew backwards. Um, the people that were there said like, I almost did, like a backwards flip. Like I, I just came up off the ground and flew backwards. Um, I hit the ground and was just out for a while. And, you know, I know some people like will question things like that. You know, I just say, you know what, look at the fruit, just look at the fruit. So when I came out of that encounter, I, my heart was completely transformed. And the main way that it was transformed was I went down, um, having real bitterness and unforgiveness towards church people and the church in general. Um, and I came up just in love with the bride of Christ and that is supernatural. (laughs) And so ever since then, I've just, I've been on this journey with Jesus, um, loving his people to the best of my ability and, um, trying to, to share his love, uh, to know him and to make him known whatever that looks like for today, you know? Wow. You know, the, there's a scripture, um, talking about, you know, when the power of God hits, I was trying to think of just different accounts in the Bible where Mm -hmm. they encountered the presence of God, the power hit them. And, um, immediately I thought about Paul on the road to Damascus. Mm -hmm. He, He had such a radical encounter with God that he found himself on the ground and then blind. And, um, yeah, the fruit of it, looking at the fruit of it. He he was murdering people right. who were who believed in Jesus prior right. to this encounter with God. And after this encounter, he he's like he's Paul. Like everybody wants to know Paul, eat with Paul when they get to heaven, talk to Paul. Paul's like the man. Loves yeah. Je- he loves Jesus's people and loves people that don't know Jesus yet. And so you know, um, I would say to those listening, like, if you're questioning already what Misty's saying, man, when the, the God, the, the power of God can be limitless. God knows what our bodies can handle. Yeah. And, um, and God deals with each one of his kids differently, but I would agree with you looking at the fruit and only God, only God can do that. Only God that, that shows you the power, the power of, of God. I I think about even my story, like same thing, just bitterness and this life of sin and promiscuality and just Mm. bad choice after bad choice, rebellion. But when I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, my life was never the same. No man, no man touched me. No, nobody laid hands on me. No, but I literally had an encounter with Jesus Christ that, that changed it. And so everybody's encounters with Jesus are going to look different, but it, the outcome is always the same. You're never the same when you have an encounter with him. Right. Right. I so agree that our, our pastor, which is my dad, he just said this Sunday, you know, the fire, um, if you touch the fire, you will not be the same like that. That's just not even an option. So, 
you know, I know sometimes in our, in the church world, um, we don't even leave the space for the power of God to move anymore. But I, I know with all my heart, that's where we're going um, is where church houses will just create space for people to have encounters with God. And here's the thing, just like you said, I love what you said, God, God will come to you the way you need him to come to you. <laughs> so, you know, the way he came to me, I obviously needed my butt kicked and I needed my feet to come up off of the ground <laughs> and I needed, I mean, just a real awakening, you know? Um, yes. but he, he's, he's good that way. He's, he's fierce, but he's good. Um, and he'll come to you the way that, that you need him to come. Absolutely. You know, God can speak to us through dreams. I, I love the God we serve. Like I think about dreams and, and how the, the, the God of, of creation, he so lo- he loves us so much that he wants to encounter oh, our yeah. spirit while we sleep. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't want, he, he's in pursuit of us 24 yeah. seven. Even while we sleep. And so for some of you listening, your encounter with the Lord could be through dreams or it could Mm -hmm. be through visions or it could be through song and worship or it could be like Misty Mm -hmm. and and myself, just the power of God having having to have such a radical moment with him that shook that literally shook the chains off of us that Mm -hmm. literally undid us. But but we serve a God who, my husband says this all the time. He says, Tiffany, God knows how to talk to his people. He knows what each child needs and he yes. knows how to get their attention. And the one, one, the way he gets my attention is not the way he's going to get Misty's. It's not the way he's going to get yours. It's not the way he's, he's going to get our husband's. And so I want to encourage you, one, if you're listening and you're like, okay, we're 13 minutes into this. And they're talking about <laughs> radical encounters flying all over the place, <laughs> dreams and visions. And you're just like, yeah, that's not me. I don't want mm-hmm. you to go anywhere because we're, we're going to pray at the end that you have an encounter with God, mm-hmm. that you have a radical encounter with God, that God would light that flame and that your life would be a living sacrifice, just burning, burning, burning for him. Because Missy, I agree with you. I believe this move of God we're seeing, and mm-hmm. that's the way we're going. Yeah. And, and I love that it's coming from, and I, I do want you to uh, talk to this because I know that God has specifically called you to Gen Z. I know that he's given you a heart for the youth. Um, but, but I, be, I love seeing, you know, the testimonies coming out of Asbury are this, that the presence of God is tender, yeah. that it's sweet, that it's peaceful. And that's exactly what this generation needs. Yeah. A generation that's so ate up with anxiety and depression and suicide mm. and chaos and torment. Isn't it just like our God to come in with the kabod glory of tenderness and love and compassion. And so, but I do believe that he is igniting a fire for people to just Mm. run after him. Misty, I know the last, like probably four or five weeks for me, even talking to you right now, I'm beginning to feel it. But for the last like four weeks, I will at times, my feet and hands will physically start to burn as if I am like standing on a fire or (laughs) touching a fire. Yeah. And, and so I, and I believe that this is happening for people, uh, you know, all through the body, but that they're experiencing a manifestation of God's spirit tangibly. And, and so Misty, I do want you to talk about 
um, your heart for Gen Z? What, what is God showing you? Like, what has your, your testimony with that been? I know that I also wanted to hear your story. I saw on social media where you had posted as a girl, you used to take the missing children pages. I want to hear that. So will you share a little bit of share that, but also about just what you see God doing and Gen Z and your experience with all of that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, all I know to say about that is that just as a young child, um, God just gave me his desires. He gave me his heart for people that have been taken captive. And so as a young kid, I, I don't even know where I got the idea from, but you know, I'm 45. So used to, there was phone books and (laughs) in the back of phone books and on milk cartons. Um, but especially at the phone books, they would have pages and pages of missing children. And so I would rip them out and my room would be, especially by my bed, I would just, my walls by my bed would be covered in these pictures of missing children. And, um, every night my mom would kneel my, kneel by my bed and we would pray together and we would lay hands on the pages and we would ask Jesus to go get them and bring them home and set them free. And I'm sorry, it just makes me emotional talking about it, but, um, And that's, you know, that's only, that's the heart of the father. The heart of the father is to get you out. It's just to get you out. Whether, whether you got yourself in that or whether something was perpetrated on you or like, you know, these precious children, you know, that, that were just kidnapped and, um, but the heart of the father, whether it's physical kidnapping or spiritual captivity is just to come get you out. Um, so Anyway, I, he just gave me that heart for them. And I pray, you know, I, I don't know whatever came out of that, but I pray to God that people were found because the word of God says that, you know, when he, when we pray, he hears us. (laughs) So, um, I believe that young girls and young boys were, were found and put back into their family units. Um, Gen Z though, I, I, that's another thing the Lord just, um, he dropped it into my heart. I mean, I have two boys that are currently in the Gen Z. Gen Z is anyone that's ages 10 through 25 right now. Um, so I have a 21 year old and an 18 year old. So, you know, I, yeah, I've been praying about the, the cultural issues and, you know, the temptations and everything that they face just in regards to my own boys. But, um, about a year and a half ago, I was just praying and, um, it just came out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but <laughs> in my mind, it came out of nowhere. Um, this assignment, um, to not get on a, not get on a stage. Don't not to grab a mic, not to get behind a pulpit, but to get into my closet and start fighting for this generation. Wow. And, I have never, I don't think I've ever felt an assignment like that. Um, I cried for days. I, I called my husband. I went and talked to my parents um, 
because it, I just understood. I didn't understand what I was going to be doing really. I was like, I don't even know what this looks like. I'm saying yes. And I don't know what it looks like. You know, I don't even know really what I'm supposed to be doing. All I know is that he wants me to go into intercession for this generation. And um, it was such a urgency in my spirit uh, that I just, I wept for days. Um, and really, I believe, you know, what was happening in that moment was he was just stretching my spirit, um, stretching the womb um, mm-hmm. to create the capacity to carry that. Um, so, you know, I said, yes, didn't know, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of times with the Lord, you know, <laughs> the way I don't he know works. what I'm saying <laughs> yes to, you know, um, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. But I, you know, I I will be very honest with you, Tiffany. I said yes. And then right after that, my family, my core family, the four of us went through such hell. Mm. Um, It was, it was, and I I don't like to, you know, I don't want to glorify the enemy or warfare or anything like that. But I just, you know, we went through such intense warfare for months Um, and it was targeted at both of my boys. So I understood, okay, this is really an assignment, you know? And so I just had to press through, um, the intense warfare, um, and, and keep saying yes to the assignment. So anyway, just, you know, I, I just started writing down names of kids that I knew in that generation. I wrote their names on paper. Um, I just began to cry out to the Lord. Uh, for them, um, the word of God says, you know, and Joshua that, that everywhere we put our feet, he will give us that territory. And so I would put their names on paper and I would lay them on the floor and I would walk on top of them and I would just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to come and intercede through me because I didn't even know how I didn't know how to intercede for them, you know? Um, but the Holy spirit, he's a genius. He is a genius and he will, the word of God promises us that, you know, he is the greatest intercessor and he can intercede through us. And most of the time it was through groanings. It was through almost like travail. Um, and you know, in song of Solomon eight, it says, um, I can't remember the actual verse, but in eight, it says that I have, I, in the, in the passion translation, I have now given you the travail to birth since you've been crying out for more of me. So in one part of my life, I was crying out for more of Jesus just for myself. But at the same time, he was, he was stretching me and growing me, um, to create space for me to travail for a whole generation. Um, and I don't say those words lightly. I don't say them flippantly. Um, I say them with the fear of the Lord. Um, sorry, I'll get emotional. Wow. But, um, you know, somebody, you know, Rispa in the Bible, she, her sons were executed because of a mistake that Saul made. And in the word of God, I'm not going to go through all of it because you can go read it, but it says that. Um, they told her that her son's bodies were not going to come down until the rain came. And they, and when they said that their land was in a time of famine. So this woman, this mom goes out to where her son's dead bodies are hanging 
and she lays out her sackcloth and she just begins to cry out for the rain. And the word of God says, you know, that she, by night, she scared away the vultures. So it's like the, the Holy Spirit was showing me, you know, some of the things that's happened in this generation, I couldn't stop the exposure that they had. I couldn't stop the exposure of death that they had, but I could stop in intercession, the vultures from eating them. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Wow. Um, just, you know, risks have to rise up. They have to rise up in this hour and intercessors for this generation. So, you know, the opportunities that I feel like the Lord has given me right now, I do not, I do not take them lightly at all. Um, Wow. They're just, you know, I think they're just things that he's given me because um, he allowed me just to begin to intercede for them first and call them out of captivity and intercession um, before I was ever given a mic to say it, you know, like who cares if you have a mic, honestly, who cares if you have a pulpit, if you have a stage, I re- I really don't care about that. I, I want to know how much have you travailed? How much mm. have you interceded? How much have you cried out, um, you know, that nobody knows about? It's just you and him. <laughs> you know, how many tears have you, have you released into that soil before you got a mic, you know? Wow. So um, I've done, I've done a lot of research on Gen Z. Um, a, a lot of medical scientific research and it is just, it is so mind boggling, Tiffany. I mean, the numbers, um, and that generation, like you were saying earlier, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the panic, the social anxiety, it, it, it's just, it's off the charts. Um, I, you know, you know, you know Missy, I, I, I was thinking about this, I think, yesterday during church or after church, you know, thinking about Gen Z and I was thinking about this move of God and, you know, not just how desperately Gen Z needs them, but we all, we all need the, a move of God. We all oh, need yeah. this. But I kept, I kept going back to, and even hearing you, ha, ah, it just grieves me. It's like, but how did they get to this point? Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think it's, it's our, it's the parents, it's me as a mother, it's, you know, it's the fathers, it's, it's what have we done Mm -hmm. in our homes to either allow the torment and the, the brokenness or, or have we cultivated an atmosphere where they know who they are, that they're accepted in the beloved, that they're a son and daughter of God. And yesterday it just, I felt the Holy spirit begin to tell me that it was very important for my for me to do this with my kids is he said, Tiffany, I want you to start asking them who they are. Mm-hmm. And so my oldest is seven. My youngest is two. And of course I understand mm-hmm. that she's, she's not there yet, but my seven, my six, my four, they can respond. Yeah. So, you know, I asked them, who are you? And they just mm-hmm. kind of looked at, they just kind of looked at me mm-hmm. and I said, I want you to say this after me. And I, I started with my oldest and I said, when I ask you respond, yeah. I am Benaya James Tombry. I'm a son of God. I'm accepted in the beloved. And and to do this regularly, and even for myself, who am I? I'm Tiffany Alexis Tombry. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Because 
not just Gen Z, but there's a majority mm-hmm. of us having an identity crisis. Oh, yeah. But I, but I, th- all of just listening to you, I'm like, oh, the parents, mm-hmm. like, we're to blame for a lot of this, like, because we haven't done what God has called us to do. We haven't stewarded the gifts of our children like we should. And listen, there's no condemnation in Christ. If you're listening, there's conviction by the Holy Ghost and Jesus is the answer. He's got an answer. And it's now more than ever, we just need to partner with Holy Spirit and say, okay, what's the plan for my family? How do Mm -hmm. I teach my kids to recognize an atmosphere of God and one that's of darkness? And when they're in that place of darkness, whether it's by, uh, you know, not their choice or they're with friends and something comes up that they can identify the atmosphere, they can discern it, and then they can legislate kingdom business and, and, and shift the things. And so anyways, just to hear you, I would, I've been grieved as a parent, like, oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, there's a lot of different factors, I believe, and why, you know, they're at the place that they're at. But one of the main ones is the family breakdown. It's the dysfunction um, of the family unit. Um, Statistics show that 20 million of them live in a fatherless home. Um, 60% of them live in a dysfunctional home. So it's, you know, the, the family life, the home life, um, you know, is a big, big factor in that. But, you know, too, you, you know, like we're, you're saying about your kids, you know, it, it, unfortunately, though, what I see in Gen Z is not just the victims of all these numbers and statistics are not just coming from worldly homes or broken dysfunctional Mm. homes it's coming from church homes like that kids that were raised in church um and literally just taken captive you know by the Mm. enemy taken captive by by lies and yeah of course you know i believe like me as a mother you know good gosh there's so many mistakes i made (laughs) you know looking back now you know thank god for grace and mercy Mm. um you know so many things I would have done differently, but, you know, I do feel like, you know, the Holy spirit is able to, to fill in gaps where we as parents miss it, you know? So like you're saying, if, you know, if you've missed it and made mistakes, thank God for the Holy spirit that he can help. Um, But, you know, I just, my end goal thing or my end thought with this generation is I believe with all my heart this generation um, is the generation that is going to lead back to the return of the Lord. And what I yes, mean by that amen. is, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to predict or anything like that. So, you know, don't <laughs> listeners don't get crazy on me. But Jesus is coming back. Um, and I do believe he's coming back soon. And there's going to be a generation that, literally prepares the way for his return. Um, a generation that is fully given, um, fully consecrated, fully devoted. The word of God says in Psalms, uh, forgive me, I think it's 113, but somewhere in Psalms that says that the, his army in the last days will be filled of volunteers. Meaning the ones that are going to prepare the way for him are not the ones that had to get drafted in or dragged or 
talked in or manipulated it. No, they have willingly laid their lives down. I believe there is a generation that is arising that is going to have purity and consecration and a life set apart unlike anything we have ever seen. Amen. Fully given over. So the enemy releases warfare equal to the assignment to the generation. To me, the identity of this generation is they are, they are like John the Baptist. They are the forerunners for Jesus Christ's return. So let's get, let the enemy get in there and mix up their identity so much and confuse their identity so much. You know, I mean, whatever God wants to do, the enemy always has counterfeit. So you just, I mean, come on, you don't have to have a lot of, religious knowledge to just look, look at the numbers, look at the statistics, look at what is happening in this generation. And even common sense will tell you something's, something's up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So wow. I believe, you know, they, yes, they have been targeted by the enemy, but they were marked by God before the creation of the world. They were marked by God in the wombs of their mom, they were marked by God. And the marking of God is way more powerful than the targeting of the enemy. But intercessors have to arise. Parents have to arise. Youth pastors have to arise that know how to keep pulling them out, you know, of those lies of the enemy and, and releasing them into their purpose and their destiny. Wow. So good. That reminds me, uh, you know, just talking about this, I, I think of Psalm 107 and I feel like this is the testimony of this generation in verse 10 through 16 or so. It says some sat in darkness and utter Mm -hmm. darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and Mm -hmm. despised the plans of the most high. So he subject them to bitter labor. They stumbled where there was no help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to failing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind for he breaks down gates of brawn and cuts through bars of iron just it shows it's a beautiful picture of the of the bondage that these people in Psalm 107 mm-hmm. were in just yep. deep dark gross darkness but they cried unto the Lord and God immediately set them free yep. and um I believe that this is what the Lord is doing he his yep. he, he's moving and he's setting people free and I believe we're going to continue to see just the fire of God just spring up all over different churches. God doesn't care about denominations. Right. I believe he's just going to take over his body. Yeah. And, um, and you know, these are times of refreshing because God is refreshing his body for the times that are coming so that we can bring the harvest in so that we can, do exactly what you're saying, come into intercession and with strength. And, um, uh, it's just so good, you know, and, and two, I'm thinking about you saying, we're talking a lot about assignments and I want to encourage those listening. When we say yes to the assignment, we have to keep pressing in mm-hmm. just like Misty said and walking through the Valley. Cause essentially that's what's happening. When we say yes to the Lord, we're going to walk through a process to a promise, whatever that promise is, whatever we have put our yes to that thing, 
then then the process starts and oftentimes the process just like misty was saying is hard that their their family came under attack that came under a crushing and um I believe through that, though, there was a fresh anointing poured out on your family. There was fresh vision given to your family and you were able to rise up and then then to walk with a new authority and understand, or I should say a new level of authority. We have authority in Christ Jesus, but I believe that we all have different understandings and revelations of that authority. And that's why we'll see, you know, we just we're at different, we're all walking out our salvation. We're all in different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's so important. That's something that since November, December of last year is the process. We've got mm-hmm. to stay faithful to the process because we can look at the children of Israel. Listen, God yeah. promised them. He said, Hey, I'm going to give you a land of milk and honey. Now to them, this, this had to have been like mind blowing because they had been in bondage for hundred and something years. They had been beat day after day. Just they, all they knew was slavery at that point. Yeah. And then to have an encounter with God where he says, I'm, look, I've, I've got this land for you. It's lush. It's, you know, uh, milk and honey is a picture of protection and, and presence and provision. And Hey, I got this for you, but you're going to need to possess it. You're going to go, you're going to need to go and take it. You're, you're going to mm-hmm. need to tear down the high places. You have some work to do, but it's yours. Like in right. the end, it's all yours. But right. what happened, what should have taken, I don't know, seven to 10, 11 days took them 40 years. And even then they chose in the process that in their assignment, to grumble and complain, which disqualified them. Yeah. And then the Lord said this, he said, you know what? I've heard what you said. I'm going to give you what you want and your bodies will die here. You're not going to, you're not going to possess this promise. And so God literally declared that that because they would not yield to the process, they would not yield to him in the assignment. They Mm -hmm. forfeited their promise. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the same for us. We can forfeit the very thing that God's calling us to because of our unwillingness to get in a closet like Misty and Travail or just weep and wail without mm-hmm. the pulpit, without the microphone, yeah. without the followers, without the platform. Yeah. We don't want to yield to it. And then so we forfeit it. And, yeah. and you know, God will raise somebody else up. Esther 414. We know the story. Malachi and says, oh, don't you think for a second that if you don't do this, God will right. rise up another deliverer. Like yeah. God, God will find somebody to fulfill yeah. his call if we're unwilling. And so if you're listening, I want to encourage you um, to say yes to the Lord and then remain faithful in the process. Remain yes. faithful. Remain faithful. Like e- even what Misty's saying, she didn't even know what she was saying yes to, but she knows that she is giving birth um, to something with Gen Z, this generation. And, um, mm-hmm. you and, and it goes for everything. I mean, we're all, if, yeah, if we'll say yes to God, God wants to birth things out of us yes. for his glory. Um, mm. yep. And so, just staying, you know, <clears throat> I say, you know, those, um, when, when Moses was born, you know, I feel like, Gen Z and Moses, there's, there's just a whole lot of similarities there, but when Moses was born and they, you know, released the, the law of, you know, told all the midwives, if, if you see a baby born, that is a boy, you have to kill him. 
And, but those, there was those two midwives that refused to do it. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying in this hour, you, you have to have people that know how to get on that birthing stool and they stay on that birthing stool until whatever assignment it is that God has given you has been birthed completely. It comes all the way out. Takes time. It takes time. It takes consistency. Um, it takes when you're personally going through pain or when you're having, you know, you're in a, a peaceful season. It doesn't matter. Like you can't get off the birthing stool until that thing is birthed. Um mm. And so I just, you know, just want to encourage people. It's just, you know, it's a fearful, wonderful thing um, to take an assignment from God, a burden from God. Um, But when you say yes, you need to keep saying yes until it's done, you know, Um, not just don't let it get in that birth canal and get stuck. Like it needs to go all the way through to see it into completion. Yes. And you know, what the enemy would love to do is abort the baby. Mm-hmm. He, that assignment, abort placed inside of you, abort that promise he's that, that, that the Lord's given you. And it goes, it goes back to, yeah, just saying yes to the Lord. I think about Psalm 23. I, I often feel like a lot of times assignments, you know, because I look, I mean, you can go through a crushing with that, you know, especially if a spirit of travail comes on you or weeping or you are, um, you know, when we co-labor with Christ, just carrying the burdens to the feet of Jesus, like it can be heavy physically or it can be Mm -hmm. heavy emotionally and it can be for a season of time. But I think about Psalm 23, I'll never forget the Lord speaking to me one day about this and And, you know, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Mm -hmm. David is saying like whatever David was going through, he compared it to death and that it was like a valley of death. So it wasn't just like whatever he was going through was like, bam, and it's over. It was like just this long stretch (laughs) out, like what in the world? But what the Holy Spirit showed me is the key, the word in that was walk. See what happens when we, when we say yes to assignment or we're in the process to possess something that God has called us to possess, we pitch a tent. Yay, though I pitch a tent or we, (laughs) or we, yay, though we take a nap or we, yay, though we lay down or, or this, or yay, though we, we want to, we want to sprint. We want to get ahead of God because we're just, we just feel this fire and tenacity and hunger to go after that promise. But God says, no. The Bible says, no, yea, though I walk, it's one step with the Lord and then another step with the Lord and then another step. And each step he gives us strength and we, we keep our focus on him. And so I've held that with me as I find myself in the process to possess something that God's called me to possess or, you know, fulfill something he's called me to fulfill or even like an intercession, carrying somebody through something you yeah. know, is yeah. it's, we, we've been called to walk and I cannot do anything else. I cannot stop. I cannot run. I cannot sleep. I cannot sit. Yeah. I have to keep walking. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it basically comes down to a surrendered life with Jesus. We just yeah. surrender it. Yeah. We're just walking, surrendered, fully surrendered. Yeah. And I like Misty said, like, praise God, when we mess up, get it wrong. We, t- we, we pitch that tent or we take that nap, that grace and mercy, are, you know, we can take that, 
forgiveness if we need to repent and turn around go a new direction i love Mm -hmm. and deuteronomy i believe it's to the israelites you know they're around the mountain around the mountain around the mountain and hidden in this text the lord is just like had enough with them circling and in this text he says you have circled this mountain long enough Mm -hmm. turn north and sometimes we need to turn north God wants to pivot. We need to redirect. And so God is gracious through it all, but it's a matter of just staying yielded to him. And like Misty said, just continuing to give him our yes. Yes, absolutely. So, so good. Well, Misty, is there anything else like on your heart or do you feel like there's, I don't know if the Lord's given you anything to release, but I want to give you an opportunity if there is. Um, I just, I don't know, you know, why we've been talking. I just, uh, you know, after I told you, after I said yes to the Lord, just great pain came and, um, I just want to encourage someone that you feel like you're doing and you're being obedient to God and you have just been thrown into a whirlwind of pain that you didn't see coming. And I just want to encourage you that God is in all things. He's even in the pain. Like, I don't think he's a God that causes pain like that, but I do think he can use it all. And I just now got to the place where I, I can say to him, I thank you for that pain. Mm. And, and it, you know, it was painful <laughs> and I, I couldn't say that for a long time, but I can now because, oh my gosh, like I've seen him. I've seen him wow. in my pain. I, I felt him in my pain. I, there's so much that I learned that I never knew before. And so at the end, well, not at the end, but closer to the end, I can say, just thank you. So I just want to say to anyone that, you're in, like Tiffany said, the, the shadow of death. Um, God is there. He will eventually use it for his good and for his glory. And he, there were days that I would sit in my Jesus room, which is like my prayer room, but I just call it my Jesus room. And I didn't have any words. I didn't know what to say. So I just cried. But those days he was forming me. He was. Mm. So even if you have to just sit there and just cry, (laughs) like he is so wonderful that he can take those heartbreaking, gut wrenching moments. Um, and he can be working in you and through you and in your situation. And you don't even have to really be saying a word. You just got to be with him. You just have to be with them. So anyone that's going through pain, I would just really, really encourage you every single day, just be with him. You might not have to say anything, but just be in his presence. And the word of God promises us that he will bind up all of our wounds and he will heal the brokenhearted. Amen. I think about uh, Deuteronomy 31 it says the Lord himself goes before us and behind yep. us and mm-hmm. beside us. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged that 
he is, he's with us. I think about the scripture that says he is the potter and we're the clay. And I picture, you know, we're all, we're all in some sort of brokenness and I just mm-hmm. see us like this clay with imperfections, but you see the potter's hand and he's at the wheel and he's just smoothing out those imperfections and he's smoothing out those places yeah. of yeah. woundedness. And he's, he's just, he's, and he's intent. Let's say the thing with the potter and the clay is it's just him and the clay. Mm-hmm. It's just him. It's very intimate and right. he's, he knows what he's doing and yes. he knows how quick to spin the wheel and he knows how to let it up. He knows how much water needs to happen and how to, and he knows the way his hand needs to go to perfect that pot. And, and that is us. He, mm-hmm. he's a gracious God. Yeah. And, um, and you know, just to kind of, I feel like we've come full circle Misty and with exactly what you opened with Philippians one, six, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how he's began this, he began this work in us. The Bible says that he knew us before we were yes. formed in our mother's womb. Yeah. The Bible says in Isaiah, I believe it's 54, that he knows the end from the beginning before the foundations of the world. He knew, he knew us mm-hmm. and he, he, so, so Philippians one, six has been in motion for a long time yeah. and, and, I, I, there's another place in Psalm. I think it's 138. It says that the Lord will not abandon the work of his hands. And if you're listening today, you are the work of our Lord's hands and he's not abandoning the work that he has began in you. And, um, uh, I just feel the Holy spirit. Misty, do you want to go ahead and open us up in prayer and we'll just go with however Holy spirit wants to lead and I'll close us out. Yeah. I'd love to. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are you are faithful and you are true, God. I thank you, Father, for every single person listening that the plan, the design that you had for them, like Tiffany said, even before the creation of the world, I was a thought in your mind, that I was a thought in God's mind. And he has been working this whole time on my life and on my story. And so, Father, I just thank you that we can trust you with our storyline. I thank you, Father, that you are writing our story. You know what you're doing, God, even on the bad days, even in the bad chapters, even in the painful chapters. You are so there that you haven't walked away. You haven't gone absent, that you are you are there and you know what you're doing. I thank you, Father, that we can trust you, that what you have begun in us, you will complete it. You will finish it. I thank you, Father, that in your word, it says that you go into our future and you prepare the way for us. So Father, I just thank you that we can trust you today and we can trust you tomorrow and we can trust you for next year or the the next few years, God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, God, for you to fail me is impossible. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for you to not come through for me is impossible. I thank you, God. I thank you, Father, that your your hand upholds your people, God. Father, I pray over people right now, especially those that feel weak with pain or maybe just weak in the process, God. I thank you, Father, even right now as they're listening, that they feel your 
hand, God. They feel the presence of your strength. I thank you, Father, that you preserve them, Father. You preserve them, God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you increase their ability to trust you, God. Father, to increase their ability to lean in on you and know you know what you're doing. You've got this. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for what you're doing all over America right now, God. I thank you that the winds of the Spirit have been blowing. Across our nation, God. And I ask you, Father, to yes. increase, uh, intensify what you're doing in this hour, God. I pray specifically, Father, over Southeast Texas, God, over the Metron that yes. you have given us, God, over the territory that you've given us, God. And I say, blow mighty breath of God on our land, yes. Father. I say, fire of God, fall on our land, yes. on our territory, God. I pray yes. over our college campuses. I pray over yes. our high yes. schools, God. I say, come and visit our generation this generation oh god in our region father in the mighty name of jesus i too i just want to pray real fast over anyone that has a prodigal a lost prodigal father i just pray i pray over the parents god i pray father i pray over their heart father i pray father that they would not be afraid god i pray father that they would put all their hope and all their trust in you father your word says that the prey will be released the captive will be set free father you said in hosea 11 11 that when you roar that you will roar over our sons you will roar over our daughters and when you do they will come running home so, Father, I just ask you right now to roar over the prodigals, yes. God. Roar over our lost sons. Roar over our lost daughters. But, Father, I pray, God, until they return home, strengthen your moms. Strengthen the fathers, yes, oh God. Yes. Strengthen the grandparents, yes. oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the yes. name of Jesus. Yes, and if you're listening right now and you have not given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life. The Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Yes. And 53 minutes with me and Moss, me and Misty, then it, I mean, it's you. This is for you. The Bible says that Jesus, that God sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. All you have to say is Jesus, I believe that you took my place on the cross, that you died for my sins, that you were buried and resurrected and you are coming back. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. That it's it's by faith, through it's by grace through faith. So you just begin to call out, confess the Lord that, that, that he he comes and takes up residence in your heart. You just begin to talk to Jesus. You begin to just tell him, I want you to rule and reign over my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And the Bible says right now, taking place in heaven, there is a celebration yes. going down that the angels of God are rejoicing with the father because your name is being written in the lamb's book of life. Father, I thank you for those who said yes right now. I thank you god that one day me and misty will meet them in heaven and they'll say you remember episode 54 i heard it and i gave my life to jesus and i just want to thank you god i thank you i thank you god that they said yes to you and god i declare psalm 107 to those who had listened and and in the generations god that you're where your spirit is moving god that you will break us out of deep 
gross darkness, that you will deliver us from our distress, that you will lead us in the straight way. God, I thank you. I thank you, God for your healing power. I thank you that you send your word and you heal us. Psalm 107, 20. God, I thank you for your word in Philippians 1, 6, that you who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. You will be faithful to complete it. I thank you, God, for the work that you have started in those listening to this podcast in this world, God, that you have been writing our story, Father. I thank you that our life is a sweet song to you, Father. Father, I thank you, God. Lord, I pray right now just for a fresh fire over those listening, God, that we would be a living sacrifice, that every day we would do what we do as unto you, that our life would be an act of worship, that it would be a sweet aroma to you, Father. God, I pray. Lord, that we would say yes to the assignment and we would stay committed to you, Father, that we would behold your son, that we would keep our eyes on you, fixed on you, and that we would walk on the water. Father, we would walk as you bid us come. Father, I thank you for Misty. I thank you, God, for her tenacity, her zeal, her passion, Father. Thank you for the call that's been placed on her life, God. Thank you that she's walking worthy of that call. Lord, I pray for everybody listening, God. I pray Ephesians 4, 1, that we would walk worthy of the call that's been placed on our life. Oh, that it would bring you glory. And I thank you that Romans 8, 28 is, is true, that you're working all things together, all things together for our good and for your glory. I thank you, God. I pray for a spirit of boldness to increase upon your people. I pray for a spirit of boldness to testify of the goodness and the faithfulness that we would walk around just as David did saying, surely the goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I've been young and I've been old, but the righteous have never been forsaken. I declare that the tent of the upright flourishes. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father. We declare victory over all things in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, Misty, thank you so much for giving us your time, for just sharing different things that God has placed on your heart and your walk with the Lord and, and what you're going through. I so appreciate it. I know that people, whoever's listened, has been blessed. And um, I just thank you for letting us tap into that well within you. Oh, thank you. Amen. Well, that is going to conclude our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Remember, you do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.